Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey y'all and happy holidays as we close out the year we thought it would be a good time to go back and share a few episodes from 2022 that we think you might enjoy revisiting. For today's episode we're going back in time but not just to earlier this year which feels like maybe 10 decades ago. We're going back to ancient times when humans supposedly ate raw meat and lived healthier lives. That's right, we're talking about everyone's favorite lifestyle and bodybuilding influencer, Liver King, aka Brian Johnson. His dietary choices made a lot of people, including us, very nervous. And in recent weeks, Liver King has admitted to steroid use, proving right what many already believe, that his brand or body wasn't built on weights and raw liver alone. In this episode from March 9, 2022, we talk everything we knew about the Liver King at the time, his core beliefs, his presence online, and his love of explosives. And then we speak with science communicator Jonathan Jerry about why we should feel a bit suspicious about all the claims the Liver King makes. And now for that episode, all hail the Liver King. We just finished butchering the cow, and because I'm the liver king, and because liver is king, we're gonna take a bite out of it. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Madison, I have very exciting news. You're taking me on a vacation back to Paris. Uh, um,. Not to Paris, but we we are going to South by Southwest. I'm not paying for that, but we're going together, so that counts, right? Ah, yes. Austin, Texas. The Paris of America. Well, while we're on the topic of South by Southwest, we do actually have a favor for y'all. Yes, this is for a secret product. That's definitely not at all, probably, for our live show in Austin. Uh, We need to hear from you about any pieces of internet ephemera that are wedged into your brain. So a meme, a viral video, a Twitter main character, something you saw on Tumblr one time when you were 13 that has kept you up at night ever since. Sky's the limit. Shoot us an email, DM us, or we're also going to put a link to a uh, Google form in the show notes today. Uh, Thank you so much. And with that out of the way, Rachel, what is the exciting news? Okay, so... About two weeks ago, during my last lifting session, after almost a year of working out with my trainer, I officially deadlifted my own body weight. Oh, hell yes. I feel like this is a real get-to-know-your-host moment, and that perhaps <laughs> the ICYMI guys don't know that for the last year, Rachel and I have mostly exclusively outside of work texted each other about our PRs in yes. our attempts to become really, really jacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Madison, famously, you're about to lift a car over your head. That is what I always say is my goal. It confuses trainers a lot when they're like, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to get more like hourglass shaped? And I'm like, no, no, no. 
I want to be able to do the two following things. One, lift a car over my head. Two, mm-hmm. carry four full, fresh, direct bags of seltzer up the three flights of stairs to my walk-up apartment. I honestly feel like the second one is harder. I'm not quite there yet. Rachel, that's really freaking exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I also feel like this is a weirdly a perfect transition into our episode because during one of our sessions, me and my trainer have gotten to the point where we talk about other things. He knows that I, I do a show on internet culture and I was telling him that I was starting to like come across health influencers and he was like, oh, have you heard of the liver king? Okay, my immediate mental picture is the scene in The Lion King where they hold up baby Simba, but it's some guy (laughs) holding just like a hunk of liver meat. I'm going to be honest, you're not far off. Okay, tell me everything. (laughs) I will tell you more because on the show today we're talking about the liver king who is a man with beefy arms and overly tan. Rachel, you just made a pun. No, I didn't. It doesn't count Mm -hmm. if it wasn't on purpose. (laughs) All right. He's got beefy arms. What else? Really tan skin, as in, like, perhaps uses a tanning booth, but he doesn't believe in that shit. So unclear is what exactly is happening. But what he really has are some interesting theories about modern health. Later in the show, we'll be talking to science communicator Jonathan Jerry about just how credible this man's health claims are. Spoiler alert, not very. And if we should really be eating raw liver every day. And yes, I did forget to mention at the top that it's not just liver this man is king of. It's specifically raw liver. Wow, way to bury the lead. Okay, Rachel, I'm intrigued. I must know. Who, who is the liver king? You and the rest of the ICYMI audience are going to find out after a short break. being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Okay, so Rachel, as I asked before the break, (laughs) who is the liver king? Please, my family is dying. (laughs) Probably because they're not getting enough vegetables because they're on this weird diet. The liver king, his real name is Brian Johnson, which is perhaps the most normal name I've heard in a while. He's the CEO of the ancestral life, and that is the title he gives himself. And his main goal is to take us back to eating like our ancestors did, or at least how he thinks our ancestors did. Okay, and this man is popular on TikTok? 
Oh, he's popular on everything. He's really big on TikTok, where he has 1.5 million followers. He's pretty big on Instagram as well, where he has 1.1 million followers. And he also has a Facebook presence because Facebook is a website for misinformation. His online presence, I feel I must tell you, is wild, if you can't tell by the fact that his name is the liver king and he considers himself the CEO of the ancestral lifestyle. Just to give you a kind of preview of his feed, most of his posts feature shots of him and his, I must say, absolutely jacked body. He is very muscly, like looks like a Marvel superhero, but puffier. You know, when someone has the kind of muscles that are like you know suspicious yes <laughs> I, don't, I allegedly yes <laughs> and he has a very thick beard probably for ancestral reasons he often features large hunks of organ meat on his social media presence and a lot of exercise and lifestyle poses that certainly look like a man who may or may not be familiar with anabolic steroids Mm, rippling pectorals exactly except not hot (laughs) yeah sorry sorry to do hercules dirty there yeah how dare you zero to hero so i want to go back to the term you keep throwing around the ancestral lifestyle ancestral Mm -hmm. living Mm -hmm. does he define this kind of yes um (laughs) he he has nine ancestral tenets that if you follow you too can look and live like he does do I have to? No. In Great. fact, I would I would encourage you not to. <laughs> I am currently sipping a Diet Coke, and I'm going to assume that is uh, not oh, in the tenant. That's the 10th tenant, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. Aspartame is the 10th tenant. <laughs> All right. So what are they? So his website features the kind of log line, the human body has been perfectly conditioned for an environment that no longer exists. And so his website and his entire system of beliefs revolves around the fact that our bodies want to return to their primal selves. I'm sorry, and does this man know how long our, <laughs> our primal ancestors lived for? Like, you and me would be deceased. Like, I stepped on a rusty nail one time, like, goner. Yeah, but we'd be goners because we're dying to go back to the ancestral life. Anyway, the nine tenets are as follows. Sleep, eat, move, shield, connect, cold, sun, fight, bond. I have a question. Yes. Please explain shield. Yeah, thank you. That was actually (laughs) the one I was going to mention because if you first guess... What do you think he means when he says that? Wear sunscreen. No. (laughs) Uh, Protect your heart from manipulative people. Okay, you are crossing over into some previous episodes we've done, but no, he is not talking about love bombing. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. So when I first heard that and I looked at his big beefy arms, I was thinking this was some toxic masculinity shit, like protect your heart, your home and your woman. No, it's not that. And honestly, that would make more sense. When he brings up the shield tenant, he's talking about shielding our bodies from, quote, seed oils, excessive Wi-Fi, EMFs and man-made poisons. Oh, so, in fact, sunscreen was completely the wrong answer because we need Mm -hmm. to shield ourselves from that, I assume. Oh, oh, Madison, the Liver King has a whole video 
where he uses a machine gun to shoot an army of sunscreen bottles. We're going to play a little bit of that right now. (laughs) My family and I don't use sunscreens. Instead, we use antioxidant-rich foods and get early morning sun to upregulate protective mechanisms so that we don't burn. In addition to that, just use common sense. If you've been in the sun too long, get out of the sun or use a sun shirt. Everything out. Remember, just aim high above your target. Okay, so that's what shield means. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use sunscreen. Is there anything else he's morally opposed to that a normal human being would use in their day-to-day life? It would be easier for me to give you one example than all of the examples. Okay. He he blew up a bed with a tank. What? Maybe not a tank. Honestly, I don't really know what it looks like a tank to me. Do you want to but- know why? <laughs> I mean, no, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, Bedding contains chemicals. Whether or not the tank contains chemicals is unclear. I'm going to guess yes, but but those chemicals are fine. (laughs) Bedding contains chem... I look like the math lady meme right now. Oh, oh, same. Here's a liver king blowing up um, a fully made twin bed with like lots of pillows and polka dot sheets in what looks like A rock quarry? Modern day fluffy beds that look good, like this one, are laden with polyesters, plastics, and petrochemicals that wreak havoc on your hormone health. That's why this has to be destroyed. Three, two, one, liver. Okay, Rachel. Yes. I'm kind of mad at you. Why? Well, because (laughs) I've given you content. I have asked now multiple times, who is the liver king? And I feel no closer to having that answer because you've really yet to get into the uh, raw liver diet detail. You know what? You're right. I apologize for that. I was just really taken aback by how often explosives are involved in this. But you're right. I'm sorry. I've not done my duty. So the thing about the liver king is that he enjoys liver, and that is why he has branded himself as such. He is all about organ meat. He recommends that we all throw out our processed foods, our goldfish crackers, and our fruit by the foot, and focus instead on whole foods, which, again, not the worst advice. But specifically, he focuses on liver, bone marrow, heart, and bone broth, claiming we'll be surprised by how much energy, vitality, and primal purpose that we will regain. What the hell is a primal purpose? I can't answer that question for you. Only you can answer that question for yourself. I, look, as a 30-year-old child-bearing woman, I don't really like where this is headed. <laughs> oh, this isn't for you, homie. This is for men. <laughs> Okay, but I think you're right. You know, obviously, on its face, there's some things in there that sound okay. You know, eating less processed foods, focusing more on whole foods, nutrient-dense foods, which organ meat certainly is. And let's be real, organ meat needs better PR. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would say. Have you you tried specifically liver before? Yeah, I have. Um, It's totally fine. I've never eaten it raw, but I've had it cooked. Mm. 
Yeah, I I don't think I'm glad you said you didn't eat it raw. That's a good note. We should not be eating it raw. I have had a liver pate. I've in fact been recommended by my doctors to eat liver because it's very iron dense and I'm anemic. The thing is, organ meats are not inherently gross. Like they have been used for millennia for a reason. And yes, they need better PR. But what's concerning is that he recommends that you eat them raw. And he's pushing all these raw meat products when I'm going to just say, I don't think it's the best idea to just eat that much raw meat. And I certainly will not be listening to his website suggestion of eating raw liver drizzled in maple syrup at every meal. Wait, that's not real. That is. It is. Because he doesn't even want to eat it. He has to drown it in sugar. So this feels like a grift, right? Oh, Yes. A, a discerning eye on you. He's not really selling this raw meat diet because theoretically anyone could eat a raw meat diet. You don't need him to tell you that. What he's selling is his aesthetic. If you eat raw liver drizzled in maple syrup, you too can look like the liver king. And you know how else you can look like the liver king if you don't have access to organ meat? Mm. I don't, but I have a, a spidey sense tingling that I can buy it from him. You can buy supplements from him with beef pancreas and beef liver and all of these things so that if you don't have access to a local butcher who will sell you all the liver your little heart wants, you can look like him with this easy payment plan of $19.99 a month. I actually don't know how much it costs. I just made that up. So what you're describing feels actually like the Liver King falls into a very common trope of internet creator, fitness YouTuber types. Yes. And in the fact that he's very common, that also means that he falls into the cycle that we often see, which is there are any number of fitness YouTubers kind of pointing out that the Liver King is full of shit. Like Dane Miller of Garage Strength on YouTube. My biggest questions would be, what's the point? What's the goal? I do think it would be cooler if he lived like a Pueblo and didn't have electricity, promoted his, his supplements, you know, along those lines. I also do think, you know, just going back and recognizing that our ancestors had fire. Not everything was eaten raw, okay? Some of the organ stuff was eaten raw because of the, the sacrifice and because of the how they viewed liver, for sure. But I think that we also have to educate everybody on like, yo, make sure you're getting your, your food from very high quality sources if you're gonna eat raw meat, but not everybody ate raw meat. In that also clip, Miller also brings up how the Liver King and his business partner, Paul Saladino, also known as Madison, prepare yourself, Carnivore MD. Dr. Meat. <laughs> They're very focused in their marketing grift. This to me feels so much like the hetero bro equivalent of like freely the banana girl, who if you spent any time over the last five to 10 years on vegan YouTube, like, you know, the same kind of really toxic all or nothing health and diet advice that's being marketed and sold by people like here we have the Liver King, who probably in reality aren't actually doing precisely what they're telling you or are doing other things. Yes, the, the other things really comes in with the Liver King and kind of gaining this notoriety off of taking something like what is basically the paleo diet to a very extreme end. We can easily pick apart the pieces of this deceptive yet entertaining marketing package that is the Liver King. But we wanted to talk to somebody who could actually break down the science for us and not just giggle at 
beef jokes. And more importantly, help us understand the Liver King's practices, how frequently we should actually be eating organ meat, and how raw it should be. Spoiler alert, not raw at all. (laughs) No, you're trying to avoid it being spoiled. This is good. It sounds more productive than what I'm doing, which is just watching all of this man's TikToks. He's in Tanzania hunting zebras for their liver at present. So. I just, he's he's, he's fascinating. I can't look away. A, uh, a liver provocateur, if you will. Uh, more alarming, though, is we've been talking about the Liver King for several weeks now working on this show. And uh, we woke up the other day to discover one Heidi Montag eating raw liver and espousing its benefits on Instagram Live. Rachel, it's spreading. Like a disease, perhaps caused by eating raw meat. (laughs) After the break, we're going to be talking with Jonathan Jerry, a science communicator with the McGill Office for Science and Society, to get to the bottom of the liver mania. More liver mania after the break. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together, and we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, listeners. If y'all love our show, and I I hope you do because you're listening to it, and you want to support our journalism, please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. It means no ads on any Slate podcast, including this one, unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you will never, ever hit a paywall, no matter how many Prudy articles you're reading. And it means bonus segments and episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Big Mood, Little Mood, and The Waves. To subscribe, go to slate.com slash ICYM. Plus. All right, we are back with McGill science communicator Jonathan Jerry, who is also the author of a piece entitled The Liver King Wants You to Dominate Your Health Like a Caveman. That piece filed under pseudoscience. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're so excited that you're here because the liver king is liver kinging and we have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of questions of my own. Yes. <laughs> Let's um, have at it. Yeah. Our first is how did, how did you first come across the liver king? 
Oh my goodness. I can never quite remember where I find these people. Uh, very often it's just people who know the work that I do and they just send the stuff to me either as like, can you believe this? Or as a genuine question of like, is there anything true to that, right? Can you look into this? So the liver king has a fatal case of chemophobia, which is this irrational fear of chemicals, which uh, we see quite a lot in the, in the wellness uh, industry, where, you know, the things that you don't like, they're chemicals and they're bad and we need to avoid them. Of course, the entire universe is made up of chemicals. Our bodies are made up of chemicals. There are, there are chemicals that are good for us or chemicals that are not good for us. It's a question of dosage. And so he was making the point that uh, there are bad chemicals in modern bedding that you should basically sleep on a slab uh, the way that we were meant to. And so as a very clear image that he wanted to stick in our minds, and it did, uh, he decided to use this piece of self-propelled artillery to blow the living bejesus out of this bed. But it gets you views, right? I mean, and that's how social media works. If you want to be an, an influencer, like the bigger the stunt, the more views you're going to get because you go, I, I can't believe there's a guy on Instagram who used a tank to blow up a bed. You got to see this and people share this and it works. So those stunts, uh, you know, put him where, where he is on, on it. He's got, he's got over 1 million followers on Instagram. At the core of his viral ploy is the love of liver, the liver consumption, which mm -hmm. feels kind of like a variation on a popular theme, right? Like an extreme take on the paleo diet. Yeah, it's very much a version of the paleo diet. I mean, you, you see him eating uh, just organ meat and raw liver and, and that's, oh. that's his whole shtick. And it's very much this idea of the, of the paleo diet of like, well, you know, we have to live like our quote-unquote ancestors did. I mean, he rarely defines what he means by ancestors, but it seems that he's implying, you know, the paleolithic era, because that's what our body adapted to. But there are so many issues with that. I mean, the first one being that our bodies have evolved since the paleolithic. Many of us are able to continue consuming and digesting milk after childhood. I can't. I'm lactose intolerant, but many people can tolerate it just fine. And the other thing is that this, this diet of basically no fruit, no vegetable, uh, just meat all the time. I mean, it, it's close to the carnivore diet which was espoused by Michaela Peterson and Jordan Peterson, it has some issues, uh, one of them being the potential lack of, of certain micronutrients, of some phytochemicals, lack of fiber. It can increase your risk for cancer. It is routinely ranked as one of the last diets by dietitians. And if we want to think about animal welfare, about the state of the planet, the climate, you know, eating an all-meat diet, not great, not super affordable either. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the thing about diets like these that really capture people is that the basis of them makes sense. Like we should eat less processed food and we should eat more meat. And in this case, a lot of people don't eat organ meat, but it is like a pretty nutritious thing to eat, correct? Sure, but you know you are you are removing some very useful food stuff from your mm. plate. Things like fruits and vegetables. At the top of the recommended diets is usually the Mediterranean diet, in part because of its diversity. There's just a lot of stuff in there that our body needs, and it's good to look for uh, a lot of different colors, uh, stuff like that in in the food that you eat, in order to consume as many uh, nutrients as as possible. So, but yeah, there's always a, this this superficial level of oh, this kind 
kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe maybe our ancestors, you know, did have a, a wonderful life, and maybe now, you know, we're coming down with all these cancers, all all those kinds of things. Maybe it's because we're modernity is killing us, right? So this idea of the the rose tinted glasses of looking back at the past as this sort of uh, you know wonderful utopic period in in our in our history. But of course, it's a lot more complicated than that, and and we're not even quite sure what all of our ancestors ate, and different groups in different countries, different parts of the earth had different diets as well. So to just say, well, everybody ate this, and th therefore that's what we should do. It's a gross uh, generalization and oversimplification. So should I be eating raw liver daily? I mean, I'm not a dietitian. Uh, <laughs> the thing about raw meat as well is that it can become contaminated. Like there's a reason why we started cooking food, right? And it's because it, it will cook essentially potentially harmful pathogens like, like bacteria. So this idea of just eating raw food all the time, especially raw animal product, there's a risk there that you're getting of, of getting contaminated. So I think the liver of it all is what, I mean, definitely what captured me personally. But you mentioned in your piece that he's actually very similar to other health influencers for like a few different reasons. Could you tell us those reasons? Yeah, I mean, it, there's kind of a recipe to uh, to being a, a health influencer these days. And it, and the reason is that it, it works, right? So you tell people like these foods over there, they're really good for you. And but those over there, they're they're very dangerous and you should, you should you should avoid them. These things over there, they were created by Mother Nature. So they are harmless, whereas those man-made materials, oh, they're toxic, they're terrible. Stay away from them. And they will usually sort of exalt the merits of some old tradition that's been forgotten. But now it's we're rediscovering this right so there's this truth in the past that we're just rediscovering and these people will often look the part i mean you know say what you will about the liver king like he is jacked he is <laughs> <Yes>. really <laughs> physically fit regardless of how he achieves this and so a lot of people will look at this and go oh hey i want to look like this guy so therefore whatever he does i must mimic and and i will look like him um so looking the part is very important being on camera repeating your catchphrase and of course selling your own line of supplements, um, mm -hmm. which he does. And like, if you don't want to go and hunt game, uh, you can buy one of, I think, something like 29 different bottles of supplements that he sells, which are just different kinds of organ meats, beef eye and beef pancreas and beef this and beef that. So, you know, you sell those things and that's that's more money in your pocket. Whenever I see a health influencer like this, I'm just like, what are you going to sell in approximately four weeks? And then there it is. <laughs> There's the supplement. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a red flag of like, if they're selling you something, you know, be skeptical, because that's that's how you make it as a health influencer. You uh, you start selling your supplements. They all have their supplement line. Can't spell supplemental income without supplement. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Rachel hates when I pun. <laughs> So, Jonathan, you mentioned this idea of, like, chemophobia and kind of anti-modernity. And I'm curious as to why you think this kind of mythical idea of the past is so compelling, specifically on the Internet. I think in part is that life has become very complicated, right? And we, we I mean, we saw it during the, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Science is complicated. I'm trying to understand the world as it is is complicated. There's more and more complexity and nuances every year to the, the products that we consume. And it's, it's all becoming a bit of a black box. And I think it, it can freak some people out. But also, we're living longer. And that means that diseases of age are becoming more prevalent. We're seeing a lot more cancer in, in large part because we're living longer. And so we have more time in which to accumulate mutations that lead to cancer. And people want 
you know, easy answers to why. Why did I get cancer, for example? And it's very easy for an influencer to come in and say, oh, well, you know why? It's because of modernity, all these chemicals that we use. And we, we had this era of chemistry uh, being seen as this this wonderful thing and creating new materials a few decades ago and now there's been almost this sort of backlash of like there's some good parts in there there were some toxic chemicals that made it in that maybe we should we should reconsider but you know it's it's much easier to take all of it and toss it away and try and go back to what we think of as this being all natural utopia uh, it's it's a big drive in our brain like we love that fallacy of if it's natural it must be good for us, uh, even though there are plenty of things in nature that are not good for us. You know, a snake biting you uh, is not good for you. Uh, uh, you know, asbestos is not good for you, right? But And there are plenty of, of, of synthetic materials that are perfectly safe for us. They have to be tested individually so that we can see what is uh, toxic at what dose. Our brain likes simple answers to complicated questions. You say snakes are good for us, but you haven't met the snake king yet. And I'm sure that he's going to come up in approximately two years. <laughs> Is, is that an upcoming influencer? I'm just making bets. <laughs> it's going to be Rachel. That's Rachel's career pivot. <laughs> I, I never said that. <laughs> I mean, at this point, anything goes on Instagram. <laughs> that is very true. Jonathan, I find myself looking to... This is a good intro, Rachel. The Snake King. The future, right? <laughs> what can we hope for from people who come across the Liver King on TikTok or come across the next iteration of the Liver King on TikTok? Yeah, I mean, I think we can all benefit from just being a little bit skeptical about what we see. There's there's a recurring comment in the in the um, the comment section to the videos of the Liver King post, which is like, where do you grow your steroids? Like you're showing us all these <laughs> acres of land that you own. Like where's where's your steroid farm? Mm-hmm. So you know, some people are, are are asking questions, which is good. And we have to realize also that you know, somebody looks a certain way just because if you eat like this person eats, you may not look like them. Like, there's a whole genetic component over which we have very little control. So we have to be careful about these, about looking at an influencer and thinking, oh, if I do everything that this person does, I will look and feel the way they do. The other thing, of course, is that once the camera on the phone is, is turned off, you don't know what that person's life is like, right? So it's very easy to uh, to show one side of you on social media, but then in your real life, you might actually be miserable and eat like, you know, uh, a thousand calories a day. These are all things I have to to go into into consideration. Like Instagram is not real life. Um, so take everything with uh, with a hefty amount of, of skepticism. That's usually where we net out on this show. I just keep thinking about if the Paleolithic era built the ideal human body everyone should just go look at the uh the venus of willendorf statue that's what we're aiming for <laughs> i mean you know i'm looking at the flintstones i'm going i don't know if that was really you know the, the, the utopia that we, that we expect it to be the little foot car was it was it the peak uh, of humanity <laughs> i missed the foot car all right well pebbles bam bam me rachel and jonathan are going to sign off here uh jonathan thank you so much for joining us on the show today thank you very much for having me That's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And, you know, plus, wouldn't you want to hear all the ways to prepare liver meat? Leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends about us. Tell your butcher friends about us. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at ICYMI underscore pod. Our email is ICYMI at slate.com. And uh, our DMs in our inbox are always open. If there is a TikTok character out there who you simply can't stop thinking about, tell us, please. 
ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is senior manager of podcast audience development. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online. Or at the butcher shop. Liver, I hardly know her. Oh my God. <laughs> ah. <laughs> This episode is presented by Best Buy, and I am here with my producers, Daniel Schrader and Daisy Rosario, who are here to talk to me about the holidays, specifically the holidays on the internet. So I have a question for y'all. You know I love to ask questions. Always. I And I remain excited and scared. <laughs> Likewise. This one's a light lift, which is, is there any holiday tradition or holiday, you know, ephemera that Mm -hmm. the internet has made you rethink or reconsider? I would say for me, it's like, there are things that I love every year that the internet helps me, you know, both feel better about and kind of roasts me about passively. Right. So it's (laughs) like when, when, like, it's not the Christmas time, but when Halloween comes around, like I'm a. I'm a candy corn person. You know what I mean? So like all of a sudden, right. You understand where I'm going. Right. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. I can't explain it to people, but I just adore it. So for me, the Christmas equivalent of that or the holiday equivalent of that is the movie, The Family Stone, which (gasps) I really enjoy watching. And I also get why other people hate it, but it's just fun to me to be online and see other people either completely love it or hate it so passionately. I actually listened to a uh, Real Housewives recap podcast where every year they do a Family Stone rewatch episode. What? Yeah, it's very fun. These are the deep cuts I need. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. (laughs) All right, Daniel. Okay, so I feel like I have two for this. Um, Of course. One of them is... I just have to thank Netflix for the Vanessa Hudgens cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yes. Um, of course. That has like always mattered to me. And I'm just really upset <laughs> that there wasn't one this year because like for the past four years or whatever, we got Vanessa Hudgens Christmas movies, whether it was The Princess Switch or The Princess Switch 2 or The Night Before Christmas or The Princess Switch 3. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are three princess switches. Trust me. She plays three different it. versions of herself. It's brilliant. But like... Her in Christmas movies is just Christmas to me now, and we wouldn't have that if it weren't for Netflix and streaming television. Um, but the other thing is hookup apps. Specifically, oh my god, I love opening wow. Grinder on Christmas yes. Eve in church. <laughs> <laughs> of course, just, just to see who's around. Love no, of it. course, just to see who's around. That's a beautiful use of Grinder. I'm gonna be honest. I think that's what it was invented for. Thank you. That's a fantastic yeah. reminder of how funny going on apps was when I was single. Thank you for that image. Like reminding me of December swiping because it was a special kind of swiping. Oh, it is. <laughs> special is definitely the word for it. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? Um, so I would say mine is y'all know y'all know I love the Rankin Bass movies, obviously. The oh, animated yes. stop motion. Christmas I'm movies. Mr. Snow Miser. Exactly. That's actually what I was about to talk about because that song is iconic in and of itself. But what I love is that every single year, TikTok 
does these makeup videos to the song where people do one half of their face like Snow Miser and one half of their face like Heat Miser. And now I can't hear that song or watch that movie without thinking of extremely talented makeup artists on TikTok. And I love that for me. Yes. I mean, those are classics for a reason. This actually, I've been wanting to bring this up, but this is a great reminder. So Jules Bass, as in Rankin Bass, like Jules mm-hmm. Bass, he just passed away in October. Oh, that's oh, so sad. I know. It's sad, what? but it's also kind of amazing to realize that he was there this whole time because I think we yeah. all think of those specials as being so much older. They're forever. <laughs> I know. They've always yeah. been there. They feel ubiquitous. They really do. So shout out to, to Jules Bass. Shout out to Jules Bass and also shout out to Best Buy for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Shop great deals on gifts now Best Buy for the rest of the holiday season. I mean, honestly, sometimes finding like who is streaming what can be tricky. So I actually did end up buying all the Rank and Best stuff from Best Buy. (laughs) As you should. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. <laughs> 